running Ben? I am as well, yeah. I'm definitely You're running. both running him? Yep. I think he's a fucking loss of plot. <laughs> nah, hey, I'm gonna, I actually have the same 3 two, one as If me. you fucking tell me you're running in bombs, I'm going to smash you. <laughs> hey, he's, he's scored 11 tons in his career. A little flashback here, guys. About three of them have been over 111. <laughs> and they reckon he's going to be a top three forward. Hey, you know what the funny thing is? He's how many games? Idiot, so, you know how many? Uh, how many of those games you play eighty percent mid time? Well, that, that's that's irrelevant. Zero. <laughs> it is. It's a hundred percent relevant because if nah, he's playing, not relevant. Not like, he's not playing eighty percent mid time. Anyway, I'll tell you now. If you want to, if you want to win the overall, which which is what you say your target is. Don't start him. And how, how many fucking percent of dickheads out there got him at the moment? I'm at one. So have a look at his percentage. Um, 13%. You let the other 13% fuck up and, and you'll be 13% ahead of all them. Um, all right. I, I round, I'm going to – actually, after every round, I'm going to screenshot his score and then I'm going to post it and tag you guys in it. And oh, then man, you guys yeah, are going to be like, just make sure you keep sending those 50s. If he's popping <laughs> off, fucking let me know about it. I welcome it. Same as every Essendon supporter. When Essendon start fucking popping off, let me know about it. But you're all living in fucking fairyland. That's where you are. <laughs> Fuck. Sure. Can you believe, oh, hey, they're fucking, their top three is Petrarca, Dusty, and Whitfield. These cunts don't even have the, the only... Th- Hold on. There are only three. Hey, we were spot on there, guys. I don't know what, <laughs> what they're looking at, Chris. What a flashback, guys. Stay in. Chris, you want to go to your top three? No, Chris didn't say uh, his top three. Was, yeah, Petrarca as well. Yep. He had yeah, balls. didn't you hear him say that? Fuck, you guys spent too much time together. And this is actually fucked. Because we'd be the same. Arguably true. We are Deb Smith. Hey, we- yeah, oh, fuck. Okay, oh, tell me why, then I'll tell you why not, just so we can no, get this no, out of the way. Hey, 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 we'll fucking take you on head-to-head average. I'll easily take oh. that bet right now. 50 bucks done. <laughs> snap call, <laughs> let's go. We only are we going to add this to like some kind of charitable thing, or are we just going to like... Oh, I'll just send you... I'll post I'll post the Cyber Cruises to your doorstep. He says, I want your money, prick. Choo-choo! The trains at the station, folks, never left. <laughs> Beverage of choice up here. So no, stuff it. Make, no, 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 stuff it. Stuff it. Make it two cruises and you have to watch the other mob drink it. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> two kinds of cruises. You have to sit there. Oh, no. No. Yeah, but that wraps us up for there. What a flashback that was, Chris. That was a little bit of fun. Yes. The... Takes me back to that beautiful bottle of scotch that I devoured. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, look, thank you very much for the little sidetrack introduction, everyone. We just wanted to go back 12 months and have a look at the reasons why Devin shout Smith. Out to, shout out to Corey and Bumps as well for yeah. being good sports. Shout out. Yes, they did pay up and uh, we did drink up, Chris. We did. We had a very good time. It was delicious. Hey. Delicious. Oh, delicious, isn't it? Oh, it was delicious. <laughs> um, look. Hello and welcome. Can we do that yet? We can. Yeah. We can. Um, my name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And we are Supercoach Insider. You can find us on all the socials. It is SC Insider 100. We are everywhere. I'm not going to go through them, but 
SoundCloud, Spotify, all the other audio platforms. And, of course, never forget the YouTube, Chris. Yeah, you finally got it right. We did. Just search for a Supercoach Insider on YouTube. It is banging off. Let's it go. Is. It is. And then today we are looking at Melbourne Demons, also known as the Petrarca Special. <laughs> Uh, the number one pick, the number one forward, the was it the fourth highest overall scores of the year? So absolutely smashed it. I think it was fourth. Killed it. Absolutely killed it. Now, yeah, Chris, it let's just kick straight off and in, and let's go into these rookies, shall yeah, we? Yeah, mate. There's a there's a couple of really nice ones in there. Um, before we j- jump into that, I just want to say um, that oh, they've, they've had a bit of a lift, list list a lisp change. A list change. Um, they have got rid of some guys. So, of course, Harley Bennell retired. Kyle Dunkley was delisted. Mitch Hannon went to the Bulldogs. Cade Kolodajny retired. Oscar McDonald was delisted, which was, I mean, he's a bit of a spud, but I, I, they probably need him for depth, to be honest. Braden Pruce obviously went to the Giants. Corey Wagner was delisted, and his brother, Josh Wagner, was also delisted. So, they've had a bit of a list change over the offseason. Um, it will mean that there are some rookies that will be relevant. So that's a good thing. Uh, the first one, Jake Bowie, 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 Bowie. I'm, I'm not sure which way that's pronounced. He's 117K forward mill, uh, forward mid. Um, look, a lot of people said that if Jake was 10 centimeters taller, he would have been a top 10 selection, but unfortunately he's not. He's 175 centimeters tall, which means he probably needs some meatloaf. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Oh, oh you, you ruined it. you ruined Christmas, <laughs> Chris. This is why you don't get to press the buttons. Hey, What's so I don't get to stuff it the up? Meatloaf. Um, look, it's explosive speed and agility coupled with accurate skills. He's the complete package. Played predominantly as a forward in 2019. Was earmarked for midfield time before COVID hit, of course. Um, but yeah, every chance to have an early AFL opportunity. Um, I picture him as sort of a guy like. Uh, very much like Caleb Daniel in terms of his skill level, but um, he would probably be better suited to either start out of a pocket, but I think long-term he might actually get on ball rotations. So I have to see how that one tracks out, but I really like uh, really like him. I don't think he's going to be one to start because I just don't see their, a list spot available early for them, but um, definitely one to keep an eye on because he's super talented. The only thing up against him is his height, and he was still taken at pick 21. I'm moving on to Bailey Laurie at pick 22. So the very next pick, another 117K, but he's a defender forward. So a little bit of flexibility here. And this is a guy that I think can debut early, as early as round one, depending on how they go with their matchups. So definitely keep an eye on him. Um, he's a he's generally a uh, – he's listed as a defender forward, but really he's a high half forward type who has midfield potential. Um, high school, high skills and great delivery in the forward line. He played in the 2019 NAB league and was, but was unable to cr- crack the starting mid rotation because they had Raul Anderson and Will Phillips there. So he obviously was like next in line there. Um, he's 179 centimeters. So he's a little bit taller. Um, but I think that he's definitely going to be one that is going to be approaching from a pocket to early because he's got good forward talent. Um, and then eventually moving into the midfield. So, I like Bailey Laurie as a pick. Keep an eye on him definitely in this preseason. Um, there is a chance he could debut early and maybe even round one. I've actually currently got him in my team. So, Jeez, you've gone yeah. for a couple now. I like him. Yeah, he's a good good, good little one. Um, the last one there is Fraser Rosman. He's a, a, they got him at pick 34, 117K forward mid as well. Um, exciting prospect. He started the year at uh, 192 centimeters and he actually grew two centimeters during the year. So he's now 194. So he's, he's quite tall. 
Um, insanely good 20 meters sprint time for his size at 2.9 seconds. And he clocked a 5.52 2K time trial as well, which is just behind the record. So super, super fast, super athletic and super tall, has a high vertical leap, um, likened very much to a sort of Jaden Stevenson type in terms of height, speed, agility, everything like that. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely one to keep an eye on as well. Not sure if he lines up round one, but with the lack of tools, yeah. there is a chance that he could actually play. And Ben Brown injured, Wiedemann now just injured. I think Wiedemann's out for 10 to 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. So definitely some possibilities because we all know Melbourne need help in that forward line. Absolutely. And look, there is a chance that he doesn't get a gig early and that's not necessarily a knock on him. They like the sky was falling when Ben Brown and Wiedemann were like, oh, my God, we've got depth. No, they don't. They just go back to the forward line they had last year, which is shit, but it, it, it's serviceable, right? So um, they're 22 as, as as far as Chris sees it. Um, Jetta in the back line with May and Hibbard, um, Salem along with Lever and Rivers. That's their back six. Um, across the midline, uh, Vandenberg on the wing with Oliver and Lang- Ed Langdon. On the forward line, Jake Melksham, uh, uh, McDonald, who I was actually hoping would go behind the ball and now I think is forced to play forward. Yep. Um, Neil Bullen on the other half forward flank, uh, Cozzy Pickett, um, Mitch Brown. So Mitch Brown will probably line up at full forward, even though he's obviously not the, you know, he's, a, he's more of a depth player than anything. But I think he probably has that spot early with the other two injuries. Um, and then in the other pocket, uh, pocket is uh, Jackson, who will probably play um, deep forward and also rotational ruck minutes. But I think with, again, with Brown and Wiedemann out, he probably plays more forward than he was going to play ruck. I think they had a big plan with him to play him a little bit more ruck time. That's probably been thrown out the window early. I think his his ruck time was more touted in the forward 50, so I don't really see that changing Um once the ball goes into the forward 50, Jackson will be rucking from what I've heard and then Gorn will be one kick behind the ball, which he has kind done. Kind of what he did last year anyway. Basically, except now they actually and have. cleans up those intercept yes, points. Yep. And except now they have someone who can actually ruck in that forward 50. So I think it'll be a good opportunity for Jackson to. T-Mac is a great ruck. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> But now don't forget you're relying on that ball staying in Melbourne's forward 50 because it's notorious for leaking like a sieve. It's true. Now, um, obviously, we've got Gorn in the in the ruck with Petraka and Viney also on the ball. Unfortunately, Angus Brayshaw is injured, probably won't play early, so I haven't included him in this list. Um, but it's been t- he's been touted to be moved out of the midfield anyway, and he's probably going to be forward wing or maybe even half back, but I'm not really sure you could put someone with that good of foot skills at half back. I think they spoke to West Coast saying, where do you want him? <laughs> <laughs> when do you want him more no, like it? Yeah, well, where and then when. Uh, yeah. Um, and on the interchange bench, Harms, who's now um, definitely been moved to the midfield group, which is good. Uh, Nathan Jones, who's still playing somehow. Tomlinson, which is a good person to have off the bench because he can play forward and back and wing. And I've got Bailey Fritch as well there. So I do see that there is, you know, someone like Fritch, there's every chance that Bailey Laurie comes in there round one if he impresses early. Um, you know, Neil Bullen's been, he's been serviceable, but he's not really a top-end player. Um, they probably need someone forward or center other than Cozzy Pickett that's a small pressure forward. So I do think that there is a chance there, um, however small it might be. For depth, as I said, Laurie, um, Sparrow, Hunt, Lockhart, Joel Smith, Oscar Baker, most of those guys are second or third-year players that really haven't cracked the 22. They're not going to be you know, make-or-break guys, so I would suggest they really need to get Brown back 
ASAP if they want to play finals. Um, and that's pretty much it for their uh, for their best 22. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Now, Melbourne definitely have the talent on the top end, but they're relying on some of these lower end guys to actually play their role and do it successfully. Yeah, their bottom six is the issue, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Yep. All right, well, let's get into Max Gorney. Um, yes. I suppose that's the number one topic of conversation. Do Maxi you start Gorn. Max, Max Gorn or do you not start uh, Max Gorn? Now, so I'm a little bit torn on this. Now, if I was choosing to go mid-pricer, I would be going with Grundy and the mid-pricer just based on a price point. If I'm already going for yeah. if I'm already going for a mid-pricer like a, a Pruce. Is this because essentially, you know, we've seen it before, two of the last three years or two of the last normal years, we've seen Grundy go head-to-head with Max Gorn in terms of points. Yep, and he's 100,000 so, 100, cheaper. So I'm like if I'm already making a choice to go a mid-pricer, I am then banking on that mid-pricer to improve and Max Gorn to drop and then making that switch. That would be what I would be banking on now. Only problem is, is that last year I said, you need to get on Max Gorn because he has an easy run and he's going to go big. And then I refused to believe my own talk <laughs> and messed up big time on that on that sense. Now, and now this year he has a really easy this run. This year he has a very, very easy run to start the year and he is a really good captain option. And I think we've already had a look that um, Grundy and Neil kind of, it's hard to kind of loophole all those players at the start of the year. So I think Max yeah. Gorn is going to be a very, very, very good captain option. And with his easy run to start the year, I'm I'm looking at just paying that price and going set and forget and then looking at upgrading elsewhere. Yeah, Melbourne play a lot of late games early, which means you've got a really great backup captain option in Gorn. Um, and Collingwood play a lot of early games early. So what that means is you, you'll, you'll likely VC Grundy and there's options to VC Neil, but Neil has some really tough opponents early. Um, I think first round is Sydney. He'll probably get a tag there. Um, second round is Collingwood. Uh, third round is Collingwood. So then you don't have a chance to VC to to captain Neil because you have to either VC him or or Grundy. And then who's your captain if you if your VC fails? Um, so there is some really risky scenarios with the VC and C option where you probably want to have gone as that backup, but you won't be a lot of VCs early because they play a lot of late games. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, Brisbane plays Sydney, Geelong, Collingwood, the dogs, and then it eases up a smidge with Essendon, Carlton, but then they play Port, Frio, Suns, Richmond, Giants, Melbourne, and then it eases up after that for North, etc. North and Adelaide are pretty close. Yeah. Look, I and I mean, one thing that we do know is that Neil loves a good early 140. Um, I I like Gorn, but I just feel safe if I've got Gorn as captain. I don't know why, what it is. Like Neil sometimes can just get, if they decide to play lockdown on him, it can be bad because you can't really tag a Ruckman. No, they tried banging into him a little bit, but that was about yeah. it, which... Now you can't even get close to the guy on the mark. So look, let's see how that goes. Yeah, um, I, I like the fact that I mean, you know, Gorn goes into his matchups knowing exactly who he's playing against, and he's got a history of scoring one thirty, one forty against him. Whereas Neil walks into a game and he doesn't know what's going to happen, <laughs> what they've got planned for him. Yeah. So um, okay, we well, yeah. look at this. So Melbourne play Fremantle first of all, and Sean Darcy's touch and go for round one. I think they're hoping he will be able to make the JLT and then actually get up. Mm-hmm. So that'll be either way underprepared. Then they have St Kilda. So Paddy Wright obviously had the was it the ankle or Achilles or some issue end of last year. So maybe a tag team there. We'll see. And then Giants. So likely up against Bruce round three. That'll be a nice little battle. 
Geelong, uh, Fort Stanley. Fort's still injured, so Fort. likely Stan, uh, Stanley there. Then you have the Hawks. So it's McAvoy or Segler, depending on how they run. Correct. Then Richmond, so you'd Nank. be looking at Nankervis. Easy run. So another one. Goldstein, obviously, is a harder one. No, Sydney. but he always scores ridiculous against, against Goldie. Yeah. Goldie and Grundy, for some reason, his they scores lift. are just fucking huge. Yeah, they lift. Uh, then Sydney, so it's probably against... Um, Sinclair and Hickey. Yeah, probably Hickey. I think they're talking about maybe playing them both or they're not sure if they can play both. Mm-hmm. So I think um, Hickey is definitely probably that one there. Carlton, if um, – looks- So it's Pitney because De Koning's actually injured? Yeah, if, if, unless he comes back in time. But, yes, correct. Um, that's the the option there. So we'll get another, another easy opponent there. And then he's up against Rob. So not a, a difficult – I mean, not a hard um, – not an easy opponent, should I say. So Rob can definitely hold his own, but susceptible to be scored against. And then English. So English always improving or Steph Martin, depending on how they go. Again, Gorn's a really good opponent there. And then Gorn plays um, the big O. Yep. And then after that, you actually start to go, so okay. So again, Grundy, but he always scores well against Grundy. Then he has Grundy, then, then he has Draper, Draper, then he goes back to Proust. Dude, it's then just... he goes, it's ridiculous to start the year. And it's not until... Wits is wits is a harder point. Wits, wits restricts then back end of the year. Wits then English then Nick Nat Nui then Rob. Yeah, back ends back ends tough. The back ends a bit harder. So I'm looking so at if you're, starting him. Well, and again, if you're trading him in around the buys, you can't get into round fifteen. Yep. So because that, they played their buys round fourteen, so you, you're not going to help yourself there. No, you just you just do it. So yeah, I, look, I I look at it this way. Last season, Grundy and Gorn together were both 700k. And you paid one point four million dollars for him. This year, Grundy's six fifty and Gorn's seven fifty. You're still paying one point four million dollars for them. So the price point hasn't changed to get the premium to to get both. Yes. Yeah. Now I do think that Gorn's overpriced by fifty k, and I think that Grundy's underpriced by fifty k. So I do agree with your statement. If you're going to go the Proust route, you have to go with Grundy because he's overpriced. Hundred yes. um, percent. But Gorn can definitely hurt you. And I, I just, yeah. If you're in leagues and you're going up against Gorn every week, it sucks. Oh, it just hurts, man. Um, I, I do like what Proust does to your side. I do, and he's in thirty percent of teams. That's just insane. Yeah, and well, it's insanely good for those guys. Um, but yeah. Um, I think if you're going instead of like overall, I think if you're going for just your normal head-to-head sort of school leagues or whatever else is going on, I think the Proust option could definitely open up some doors there. Like for the long run, trying to upgrade to get to your finals and then being strong for your finals, I think you can afford to do more of that mid-price sort of move. Yeah. I, I mean, there's there's valid points around it. So, I mean, what you're looking at is, you know, Gorn and a rookie versus Proust and a premium of some description, you know. And I think the points can actually work in the mid-price's favour. Well, it does because remember we said Rory Laird and Pruce cost the same as Max Gorn and 117K rookie defender. Right. That's what hurts me because then I look at that and I'm like, oh, so much value. But that's not taking into consideration extra points for captains, right? Yes, I know. So, I mean, as, as unlikely as this is, let's say round one happens, right? And Grundy comes into it. And goes half speed and goes 95, 100, 110, whatever it might be. And people captain um, Neil. Neil gets tagged in by Sydney first round, probably gets a run with, let's say it's Hewitt. It's probably not because Hewitt, I don't know, for whatever reason, Hewitt's been AWOL. Yeah, he's back. But let's say someone someone tags him and it's Hewitt and he shuts him down and he gets a 65, right? Gorn comes in and goes 130, 140 that week, 150. 
you're already up just on captaincy like 90 points. Like it's a – like it can really change. Like and people – because it's a, it's a serious captain option, there's really only the three. There's there's Gorn, Grundy and and, um, yep. and Neil. Yep. Everything else is speculation. You're like you like may, might take a punt on someone because it's a good matchup, you know, yep. or there's a good history for a Clary or something like that or Lloyd's got a really good history. But re- realistically, Gorn, Grundy, Neil. That's it. Yep. So if you don't have all three of them and if you want to try and play a little bit – yeah. Yeah. Again, we're going Nick. back to the hurt factor we spoke about. People that have gone one, yeah. you know, one fifty plus a lot, and it comes down to you're looking at Grundy, Gorn, Neil, Cripps previously, except for last year, obviously. Um, Dunkley went for a smidge. McRae went uh, quite high as well. Dangerfield, but again, roll on McRae, roll on uh, injury preseason, etc. Yeah. On Dangerfield, Dunkley again, roll uh, question marks, and then you kind of look and going, uh, okay, well, Cripps is meant to be back on the inside. But again, you're not going to be captaining him because he could easily just drop a spud score as well. So mm. it'd be a VC at best. And again, yeah, it comes down to those top three. They have the biggest hurt factor, the best reliable captaincy option. So I, I, I honestly do agree that you kind of have to try and run with as many as you can. Yeah, and I think the other thing that um, we we spoke about in the GWS podcast, obviously, is that you know Bruce has such a hard run early. You know, six of his first 10 games are against the all of the hardest rucks, whereas it's the complete opposite for Gorn. So in those first 10 rounds, how many more points is it going to be? Because if people are saying 100, I think they're going to be banging wrong. I think that, you know, optimistically, I think that Proust can average in those first 10 rounds 90, which is really, really good for a mid-pricer at 300K. Oh, look, it's just Bruce's run isn't actually that bad. St. Kilda first, right? So not too easy, obviously. Then Fremantle, who, you know, Darcy's probably coming off a short run. Max Gorn's hard. Grundy's hard. Sydney Swans, not so hard, right? Western Bulldogs, probably quite challenging for him, but not so bad. Rob, again, a decent ruck, but not, you know. And then Draper, Nane Curvis, and then it comes into Nick Knack, Rory O'Brien. Rory O'Brien. Oh, jeez. Uh, right. the, big, the big O, sorry, Nick Nat, the big O, Goldie. So you're right. There is quite probably the best rucks before the buy for him, which it does make it hard. Yeah. And I just think that um, I, I, I personally think if, if you're going to play leagues, I think that um, Gorn is the best option because you don't want to be going up against him in league. If you're playing for overall, there's definitely merit in starting Proust to improve your team overall. That's my personal opinion. I'm even though I don't really play for leagues, I'm probably still going to run Gorn at this stage. Um, I don't know. It's it'll probably be a game time decision. Yeah, honestly, and it's you can't really just plonk three hundred thousand dollar player on your bench either. Even though I think Proust could be one of the best money makers, which is the reason it hurts. That's why it's so debatable uh, right now. I don't think he's getting two hundred k. Like there'll be a there'll be a rookie that'll get make you two hundred k. Yeah. He, I reckon he'll, he'll make you 150 because I think he's only going to average 85, 90 to get to 150. See, I reckon he could have a, average 100 flat. I don't see it. Mate, but, I mean, mate. But then he's still 30 points under and then 60 if you take captaincy. I mean, 100 is great. 100 would be really, really good. I just don't see it. There's a big difference between VFL and AFL. And Bruce's body is made with paper mache as well. There's, I don't think... I don't know. People, well, they must have spent a lot of time on that paper mache then because <laughs> – Over uh, a few years, it's got a few more layers. Yeah, let's just sculpt those shoulders a bit more. Yeah, fair call. 
Um, all right, I think that's enough. Max gone. Do, do we do we have more Max gone? Oh, a little bit. I mean, he went under a hundred twice, a ninety-three and an eighty-seven. He had some really big scores. Now, the thing you need to take a note is he actually played more time on ground because it was a shorter game. That's always going to happen with some of these big guys, which is also the reason why he scored better. Then you have the higher points per tap out, which is the reason why we're saying he's overpriced because. He was definitely a tap ruckman. The shorter time, more scaling. He was definitely dominating those points there. And I, I think we've already spoken about that. He was twice as likely to score 150 plus in 2020 than compared to his 2018, 2019 seasons. Yeah. So that wasn't including 140 scores, which I think Gordon probably had a lot more of previously. So I think that's probably where it kind of comes in. But again, you kind of pay for that security. And I can't see there being another top two ruck just yet that. Is, there's nowhere close to Gordon Grundy's scoring level right now in the ruck facility. No, not yet. Um, so, yeah, like uh, I don't know. I, I think for the captain option alone swings me. Um, I, that, that's really all I'm really hanging my hat on right now. I, I think that Bruce is a good option and I'm, what I will not do is I won't say to anyone – Starting Bruce is a bad idea. No, me either. I because could, I think I've it's had a valid, him, definitely yeah. valid. And I've had him in my starting side a couple of times and, and I like, and I love what my side looks. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can yeah. have all these extra players and then I come back and look and then go, oh, but yeah, captain, you know, it's uh Look, it, we might be forced to. There's a situation right now in my team where if, if the rookies don't get selected, I'm going to need to pay up for more expensive rookies. You know, you're going to look at guys that are 200K. And, yep. And you're going to have Bruce, to put him in. Bruce will be that guy, yeah. So, has to. So, look, there could be – that's why I'm saying it's a game-time decision. If all these rookies don't turn up like we hope they do, you might have to get that 450K and because, invest it into your rookies. Well, that's like an extra 100000 on four people. Yeah. And you'll you'll get, you know, guys like Impy if you don't have him or guys like uh, DGB if you don't have him, you know. Um, Lockie Jones, even though he's only 139K, you know, he's a guy that is – well, he could play early. But do you have that extra 17K to go up to someone like that? Yeah, um, that's a tough one. Yeah, so there, there are uh, there's considerations. Yeah, someone like Powell in the midfield, I think he's what one fifty six. You know, there's quite a few guys that are around that one sixty mark. So there's 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 every reason that you'll need to get more cash, and the easiest way to do that is to go Gorn down to Bruce. So yeah, so you, so you think Gorn to Bruce, not the other way around? Yeah, definitely. Is it Grundy? It's Grundy. <laughs> There's always there's always time for that. I just there's think he's, he's a better price point. Yeah, and what better pod to do it in than the against tip Max? Of his cap like like so. so. Oh, don't even do that. <laughs> I was like Emilio. <laughs> I was like Emilio. Yes. Okay. Um, Clayton Oliver's the next one. He's 656k. Um, so is your Clary. Extremely reliable. He's averaged you know 110 sort of numbers for a few seasons now, and definitely reliable. He plays every game. This year was no real exception. So he plays every game with shoulders strapped, shoulder surgery, yep. half a leg. He just he honestly just keeps on going. So when you look at this now, the reason here's the funny thing though. I think Clayton Oval, he plays every game. He has the last buy round, which is why I'm looking at starting him. But he's probably more than I'd like to pay, right? But he's definitely a good option now. When you look at the season he just had, there were two big scores that really really inflated his average. And he does this every single season. Every single season he has these huge games that completely inflate his scores. Yeah, and, and you want to be of them pretty consistent. And you want to be on. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's the thing. He's definitely consistent. Now those two scores were he played. Against Brisbane, he went a 177. And then against Adelaide, so this is when I actually brought him in against Brisbane. 
that year and he went massive and I was like, yeah, I was just trying to get in early because I don't think I could afford him by the time he hit Adelaide. Mm-hmm. And then Adelaide, he went 205, which is absolutely massive. So what you're saying is he plays really good against the shit teams like Adelaide and Brisbane. Brisbane, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you're welcome for that one. I needed to do Yeah, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Six guys. <laughs> the shooter. shooter. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. The shooter. Um, I eat pieces of shit like that for breakfast. <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? No. Um, <laughs> Clay Novel are really reliable. So when you look at his scores, he uh, – look, he, he absolutely smashed the back end of the year. So when you're looking at the last sort of two, four, six, that's sort of ten rounds, he averaged about 126 – now, the only problem was is that he did have a couple of low scores towards the back end of the year with a 94, an 87, and a 112. Well, one of them was DeBoer related, so we can you know, write that one out. Yep. That was an 87, which was his – oh, it's, that was his second lowest score for the year. Yes, correct. Oh, actually, no, it's his lowest score. His lowest score. Yeah. Now, from that round 15 beforehand, he actually averaged 128 up until that point. Yeah. So he's definitely a, a good scorer when you look at his scores. He's just reliable. And like, what do you want a premier midfielder? Unlike yeah. Josh Kelly, he had one score. Plays under, every game, one score under ninety. Yeah, he's just reliable uh, for two, points. Sorry, two scores. Uh, sorry, one. Yeah, one score under ninety, which was the eighty-seven, and that was uh, against uh, was at GWS. Mm-hmm. And then other that like 94, 96, 99, and then everything else was tons and above. Yeah, with you know plenty of one thirties, and he's yeah definitely. And that's good why you pay six fifty because he's probably only worth six hundred, six twenty, right? Yeah. But you're paying because he plays every game. And he's consistent. Consistent. He's going he's gonna to be there the whole year just banging out scores. And normally that's the McRae factor where you put in McRae for the same reason except the fact that Clary is not going to move from that midfield. Yeah, and he, there's nothing changing to, to Melbourne. Like there's no impact to his scoring. You know, they're, they're running with this virtually the same midfield group. There's no Trelaw to come in and butcher him. Exactly. Yeah, that's the biggest difference with McRae this year. Like what the hell is Bevo going to do? Well, apparently it's also come out that uh, Bontepelli will still be playing similar sort of mid-roll, which will be interesting. Um, resting I, I, forward, resting forward. Yeah, so he's going to be I, – I, I actually think – this is probably more for the Bulldogs pod. I think they're just going to split his time with Josh Dunkley. So when D- – Dunkley will be forward when Bont's midfield and uh, and when Bont's yeah, forward. We'll get to that. But you, you're strong midfield. on the opinion they can't be in the same forward line. No, you can't run those two. They're too similar. It's not going to happen. You're right. Now, down to our favourite boy, Christian Petrarca, 631K. So sexy to look at. The theme for today. So sexy. Had an extremely reliable year, 117.5. Now, what was it? Bomp said he had only 1,100 (laughs) in his whole career. He would have done that easy just in this one season, right? Well, let's count them. Round number one, 105. Round number two, 126. Four, so round four, 111, 104, 160, 141, 132, 160, 125, 127, 140, 114, 130. That looks like two over that. That he's looks like got, two over his career he's now best. Got 24 tons. Wow. Um, look, 60% I'm, of those were in uh, in this year, Chris. So, <laughs> 60% of the time it works That's every actually time. Pretty, pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh, look, the, the one thing I will say about track for those looking at starting him this year is that I think he's lost a lot of value. And so um, part of there's, there's two things that's going to happen. The reason why Petraka really performed last year is a shortened quarters and he didn't have a tank previously. So he worked in this offseason to try and develop his tank then they cut the quarters. So he didn't even need to really do that. And so he's run this entire season, you know, 
you know, playing you know, a large percentage of, of time on ground. Now he's going to go back into this season where he's going to be required to be on the on the ground for a lot longer and his tank's going to run out. And I just don't think that he's going to be able to perform to the same standard as he did last year. That's the first thing. Second of all, obviously, we've had this inflation with goal-kicking midfielders that you know his scores are slightly higher than, than what that is. So 117 average, I can't see that from Petraka this season. I actually think he's probably priced maybe about 7 to 10 points over. And I think he's more in that 105 to 110 bracket. It's just my opinion at the moment, which is why I don't think that he's a valuable selection to start with, but he's one to definitely look at to upgrade to and get a little bit of time and and maybe after a few rounds when we can see some scoring patterns and, and how he's actually performing, then we can jump on. That's my personal opinion anyway. Yep. And there were quite a few games he started off quarter one, like absolutely on fire and, and dominating. He, he's a burst and then, midfielder. Yep. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of like – yeah, he can really have big impacts like Cornelio sometimes, and that's not – Cornelio, um, no, we've done that. Um, but same kind of thing where he can then go in these massive bursts and just look so impactful, go forward and kick goals. And we're not talking about 2020 Cornelio. We're talking about previously. But someone who just looks so dynamic and can provide all these scoring options and just do all this – amazing stuff for a quarter and then kind of slip away for a quarter where you're like, where is this guy? And then next minute parked in the pocket somewhere or. Yeah. Yeah. Now the other thing is obviously with their forward talent, um, literally taking a hit, there's a a chance that he could line up at full forward, um, a lot more early in the season. The Haney effect. Yep. Um, because they're going to need someone up there. And if they don't choose to run Mitch Brown and T-Mac there and Luke Jackson, which are three forwards that on their given day, you can get zero goals. (laughs) Um, they they could just be forced into a situation where they have to play Petraka more forward. So um, another consideration just to keep, keep a, be aware of. I was say, say what you like about Hipwood and Danaher. At least they have shots on goal. <laughs> <laughs> they don't always go through, but they have shots on goal. <laughs> oh, well, to be fair, Petraka's not the best shot on goal either, but um, we'll leave that for another day. Yes, um, but... I don't think he's a bad option for like drafts, etc. I think he still had a great year. I'm not picking him at that price. I'll let so. someone else take that one. Yeah, no, at that 117.5 average, I'd be going, okay, if he slid down to around the 110, I might kind of jump He'll on there. He'll go in the first round and I, I will just be like, <laughs> good good pick. Yeah, good and pick. it's funny because we were so big on him last year, but trying to back up that well, in a longer game. he's lost his forward as well. Yes. Like he's only he's mid only this year. He is. But mind you, I think McRae did that too. He dropped that mid, uh, so forward eligibility went from a one hundred eight to a one twenty. Oh, there's a chance that he could improve. I just, I just want to see yeah. it first. Like, there's so many question marks over his body and his tank, um, yeah. and the, you know the, the way the quarters are structured this year. And he scored a lot from the inflation. Yeah, I just yeah. I I'm, I'm with just, you. I if he went down to a one ten, like in draft leagues, if he slipped, and I'm looking around that one ten sort of mark. Yeah, uh, yeah, I might pump. pick him up. Yeah, yeah pick I'd, him up then. I'd take sure. a punt. Yeah, for but sure. I'm not, I'm not picking him up at a 117. No way. I'd kind of go 10 points under. Yeah. yeah. I'd, ideally, under like below your Trelaws well, and stuff maybe. That's where I think maybe. he's at. Yeah. 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 And yeah, you know, against a Trelaw, you'd be like, well, I've got to risk both ways. Correct. So is it worth a risk to go Petraka versus Trelaw? You could yes. make that argument. So yeah, I yeah. do agree. Both have upside, but both have negatives. So. Interesting there. Uh, let's have a look. Stephen May now. He's one that some people have been really. He came home with a thunder. He did. Uh, he definitely did. And one that's definitely paid dividends. And he's one I've kind of been big on for a while because he has the potential. And many times he gets injured, yet he averages like 88 as a true average. And he's someone that I've wanted to pick up or I have picked up in draft leagues quite a few times. Mm-hmm. And has been 
very serviceable. Now, this year, so he, he was priced on. He had eight games of 70. Didn't settle into Melbourne too well in 2019. Comes out here and bangs out a 94.5 average. His back end of the season was phenomenal. It was. And he was taking kickouts. Like he was, you know, marking, in, like taking inset marks. Yep. So um, last seven games, he averaged 111. Yeah. He's a little bit, like they're a little bit short in defense. Um, that's why I hope that uh, T-Mac would actually drop back behind the ball. Um, yep. Also because he's a terrible forward, but that, that's no, neither here nor there. I think with their lineup that I've got them listed at, which is Jetta, May, Hibbard, Salem, Lever, and Rivers, they're, they're, Hibbard's probably the one that has to chop out like and be that intercept. Yeah. And See, Lever's, Lever and May, they're really both they're both great markers, but are, are they the best one-on-one? No. See, I think if McDonald went back, then Lever could actually be that float-off guy and really dominate. I do agree with that. And I'm, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for that day because That's going to be a waiver-wise special. Lever could average 90 if he had a friendly role, but he kind of flags in and out almost like a, a rampy in a sense. I don't know why you would ever compare anyone with Rampy. He's the no, greatest no. player of all time. <laughs> no, but sometimes you know locks down, but he's still also a great intercept. Yeah, but no, he can't. I agree. He can't yeah. always play that role. Like you see, um, you see Rampy up against you know a key forward, and you're like, what the hell is he doing? Yeah, right. Like he was uh, he was on so Danaher. He was on Danaher. Like it's crazy. Um, yeah. So Stephen May, his last seven rounds, he went one fifteen, one ten, one forty nine, one o two, fifty eight, one twenty two, one twenty three which is very interesting. Now in round 15 and 16, he was actually switched forward, mm-hmm. um, which was the same in that round 16 where he only got fi- uh, scored 58 against Fremantle. I'm um, not sure how they actually did that day, but I think he, yeah, he definitely got switched forward. So, Yeah, that makes sense. Look, I don't mind May. I wouldn't pick him in standard. Like he's an upgrade target in standard, um, but I do like him in draft a lot. He's definitely one that I might even pick up a little bit early because I really like the pick. Um, but we'll see how we go with that. Obviously, I'm not going to give you all my cards this early in the season. You can have him. That's how fine. good was Jack Viney last year? <laughs> <laughs> Jack Viney. Now, Jack Viney did start off with the Thunder, 186. Everyone was kind of getting excited. Um, myself included just because I thought – Feel these nipples. <laughs> yeah. It was more the um, – you know, we just look. We were looking for any sort of means to to get a price gain last year, I think, and people jumped on. But after his one eighty six, he only averaged ninety four for the rest of the season, which was very disappointing. And he let people down. He scored an eighty six, a ninety one, and a sixty after that. And then he finally had a nice little run of one twenty three, one twenty, one eighteen, eighty two, one oh nine, and basically fell away and averaged eighty eight for the rest of the season after that. So he was disappointing for me. Yeah, I, I was one that jumped on after that 186. And look, he made my cash, but then I found that I just had all these problems in my other team that I just couldn't sort out with. And then you so, got stuck with him. Yeah, I did. I ended up having, yeah, just, and like everyone, we had 37 trades. It still wasn't enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah, it was just a bit of a weird season. But um, I really like the one that I want to talk about. I've been a little bit hot on him. He's in my team. James Harms, everyone. Take a look at this boy at 344K defender. He's literally come out and said, yeah, I've moved to the midfield. He just came out in an interview and said, yeah, I'm not even playing defense anymore. I'm playing midfield again this season. Now, the big, the big thing about that, the last time that he played in the midfield was 2019 and he averaged 95.1. Um, absolutely huge. And for, I don't see... 
I, I see a world where he maybe goes somewhere between 90 and 95. He could go more than that, but I think that that's probably realistic. And at 344K, he's a serviceable D6 for the entire year. I don't see why you would need to trade him out if he's averaging that much as a D6. Um, so someone that you can rely on, you can, he's generally plays. He doesn't really get injured or anything like that. Is He's always playing. Um, and he's 344K. I don't think there's much better a mid-pricer outside of Proust than James Harms. Yeah. I mean, I'm still looking at Miller and a few others, but. Um, but can you see Miller or Cumming or Ash or Hayden Young averaging 95? Miller, possibly. I, I do. I do think Harms is a oh, no. ninety plus for me. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, uh, wait, can you do something that's like I don't know, button related? Button related. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Uh-huh. That's so yeah, funny. Last yeah. time I heard that, I there laughed so hard I fell Thank off the dinosaur. Thank That's what I would have done if I had pressed a button. Okay, there you go. Um, so for me now, so Harms was Miller and ninety five. You, I said could. I'm thinking you're, ninety plus. <laughs> you know what I sound like right now? I sound like Corey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something Corey would say. All right. Uh, okay, so Harms had seven hundreds in 2019. He also had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven nineties. Yeah, super so consistent. So seven nineties, seven one hundreds, and that was in 2019. So let's have a look at a couple of these scores here. He was quite consistent. He had a couple of low scores. You're looking at uh, one sixteen twice at one nineteen. Another 119 and a few 107s. So definitely someone who can you know, rack it up quite a bit. He was very impressive and you were big on him, particularly I think for 2019 sort of season. Yep. And I think he could do a lot worse to be honest. In a draft league, I think he's definitely a sleeper. Oh, you could pick him up. sleeper. Well, what did he average in 2020? Six. He was uh, averaged 64.2. I'm picking so. him. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm going to get this at value. And I'm pick, uh, because I'm picking after you, I'm going to make sure that I pick before, like, make sure he's off the table before you. You can try. I'm picking him up. I don't know what I, I, I don't know. Like, you could probably pick him up, like, what, 85 and you still get value? Yeah. I was going to say 85 is a good spot. You could go anywhere from 85 to 88. And I think you are definitely going to be making money. I think Harms is going to go 90 plus if he is playing. And like he says, he should be playing a midfield role. I love, I, think, I love the pick. I, like, yeah, same. And, and especially with um, Brayshaw out, I mean, he's going to get even more mid time. But I do yep. think he's he's definitely part of that mid rotation, um, and we'll get huge minutes. So yeah, yep. go for it. I go think he, I think he brings something to that table as well. Um, speaking of Brayshaw, though, says he's taking things a bit slower uh, with respective niggles. He'll start integrating back into training in a couple of weeks. So this is a little bit old news, but he's been out for a reasonable amount of time. So he has definitely Hasn't had really had a preseason. Definitely had a, a, an impacted preseason. Uh, I think there is also uh, from other draft relevance. I think Ed Langdon was quite impressive last year. Took a couple of steps forward. Yep. But again, agree. he's in a, a friendly role, being on that wing. So I don't know if he can, you know, maintain that ninety plus or improve, or whether he kind of averages between that sort of eighty five and ninety mark. Just sort of like every other winger, like he'll have games where yep. he'll go one twenty, one thirty, and then he'll have a sixty, seventy. Like that's just wingers in general. Yeah. So. And that's also Phillips as well, in a nutshell. <laughs> no, that one twenty, one thirty does not happen with Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, um, Lever, also another good option, but he did have uh, a couple of issues in the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. Again, depends on that role because he does lock down. So he fluctuates probably more than a lot. Yep. Uh, some games he, he looks really good and you're like, oh, this is a lever I like. And then next minute he kind of you know, withers away a little bit. Now, one I want to point out that I was really hot on before the season, um, 
yeah, before he announced that he's obviously injured. Now, he may still start early, and there's a chance he starts round one, but I doubt it. Ben Brown, 260K. Uh, is it 260K for Ben Brown? It is. Um, now, I don't see him as a guy you can keep all year, but he is definitely a almost rookie-priced guy that if Melbourne play well, and we've said for the past two years that their biggest problem is they don't have a forward line. They don't have a full forward that he can kick to, right? Um, now, if Ben Brown comes in, completely revamps that forward line, and Melbourne improve, and I do think that they will improve, I believe with Ben Brown they can be six to eight on the table. So, I mean, the fantastic if, he, if he's, line, if he's running, yeah, defense. for sure. Yeah. So what I well by that is they'll be winning more games. Now, what I've had a look at is Ben Brown's stats over the last few years when in games that they actually won. Now, North have not been a great team, but in games that they've won, Ben Brown averages around 30 to 35 points per game more in winning games. So I do believe that his average will increase substantially. Um, he's, I think in, in the year where he was second or third for the Coleman, he averaged about that 85 to 90 mark. Um, so, yeah, I, would, I, I do think that he's be able to produce enough to make at least 150K. 83.1 that year, Chris. Uh, 2019, he averaged 79.5. Interestingly. So around in, that in, 80 mark, really. In wins, though, that year, he averaged 95. Oh, yep. Yeah. So that's the biggest well, difference. Anything's, so how anything. many games can you win? Yeah, North Melbourne. What's yeah? A- anything's well, possible. Yeah, with North Melbourne, um, but with Melbourne, if he can win more games, he can increase that average. Now I think that he can make your 150k at 260k. So it's possible. If uh, he, any key forward strings a couple of games together for sure. Yeah, if he does play round one, I'm skeptical because I don't think his body's going to be up to it. Um, but I would love to be able to see a couple of games and maybe bring him in during the season sometime. Maybe it's a, a Danaher that's you know peaked in price and I can drop him back down to Ben Brown, get a couple of games out of him and then ditch him and go to the next one. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind it. For me, I'm going, um, yeah, Zebel and um, Danaher over him, but I could understand the, the appeal for I, that. I definitely am going that way too right now, but, yeah, there's there's an option there. I'm just, just keeping it open a little bit. I, I don't mind the Ben yep. Brown pick. And I think that kind of wraps us up, really. I mean, poor thing, uh, Matty, uh, Marty Hall, obviously injured, so he's out for the year. And Salem's probably the only other draft-relevant player. He averaged uh, 87.3. Could be some meat on the bone. He averaged 90.5 the year before that. So, you know, back into a longer format, and he, he could provide that run and dash that they might need uh, through that sort of back line as well. So I don't mind um, people looking at him. Definitely avoid Hibbert at all costs. I don't hate Hibbard if their forward line's still depleted because I think that he'll get a little bit more chop out, a little bit more intercept possessions, and it'll be used a lot more coming out of defense. But yeah, question marks, question yeah, marks. Yeah, Hibbard hasn't done anything since Essendon have done anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had that one really good year for yes. Melbourne. Oh, and yeah. And then the, he just dropped off. He a had the great year and then yeah. dropped off. So look, that wraps us up. And uh, thank you very much. And it is Melbourne, definitely a highly spoken about team. And uh, look, they have a lot of options and a lot of Supercoach relevance this year. I really hope that we didn't just pose more questions instead of just getting no, some but answers. The, but they no, these are the things that you have to weigh up. So we're we're not saying that we're correct. We're just saying we're more correct than SC elites. <laughs> <laughs> what oh, we are saying. Well what is going on? So just to recap, the top three premiums are we're going a even money on Max Gorn. Yes, Clayton Oliver is a big tick. Yes. Christian Petrarch is a big overpriced. Price. Yep. All right. 
That's it. That's all we needed. That's it. Thank you very much. And until next time, uh, enjoy yourselves, enjoy your teams, and do hit us on the socials. We love chatting to you guys. Cheers, guys. Alrighty, bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. I am